welcome in Buck Bones. What's going on? What's going on? It's your boy, the Fantasy Assassin, alongside the humble Kamish. What's up, Dan? Hey, man, hold on. Oh, go, Debo. Ah. That's touchdown, Debo. Sorry, man. All right. Hey, hey Debo. I'm a, oh, I caught it on the one-yard line. Ha. Hey, man. Hey, that's, that's, what, that's what happens if he was faster. <laughs> uh, we can we can talk about that here in a little bit, but maybe Debo no, should be a little bit faster, and he would have just just gotten a, there. Just, a, just a touch faster, right? Just uh, a touch. Just a touch. But yeah, man, it's a great great intro. Uh, everything's going great. How you doing? Yeah, you know, I'm always you know another day, another dollar. So. I hear you, man. I uh, you know it's uh, I was coming into this pod. I had a Nick Chubb in my in my pants because oh nice. It's draft week, and I got to. Uh, I, I guess now, unfortunately, watch Jimmy Garoppolo go out there and try to throw a couple passes. <laughs> but uh, you know, he's just uh, he's just so how, good. How, did, how was he? How was he slinging it? Not very good. Uh, yeah. No, seriously to, though. No, no, it wasn't. It was not pretty. It was. Uh, it was. Damn. It was him. It was the offensive line. It just wasn't pretty. But you know, it's was, been a uh, months. Was Joe out there? Yeah, he was, and he he whiffed terribly. Yikes. Uh, yeah, but, you know, like I said, it's been 11 months since he's played. Knock off some rust. I think he is a little uh, skittish because it's the first time he could actually get hit since his injury. So, I don't know, man. We'll see. We'll see. Oh, we'll, we'll talk about to get hit a little bit. He'll be all right. Yeah, yeah we'll, talk about the, uh, we'll talk about that on today's show, right? What are we talking about today? Oh, yeah. I think we will. That's a good, nice little segue there. You see, you see what we did there, folks. You see what we did. Yes. That's, what, that's what they call uh, – a real podcasting professional right there. Uh, yeah, we're talking about the NFC West this time. I think last time we covered the AFC West. So, yeah, this time we're going to hit up the NFC West. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, that might be it for all of our... Uh, division breakdowns. All of our divisions, right? Yeah, is that that's, right? that's it, man. Is that eight that's, already? That's eight. This is the last one. Man, it's kind of sad, but I guess I had to come to, come to a close at some point. It comes to a close, but that means the fantasy season is beginning. That means the fantasy season is beginning, absolutely. So, Man, uh, that, that just, that's, that's just music to my ears, brother. It's music. It's great the time sweet here. harmony, isn't it? A fantasy football. Oh, yeah. Uh, you, uh, you got any news Can you spell that? that? Can you smell, smell that, Dan? Smell what? The smell of pigskin in the air. Ooh, Lovely. Yeah, I know, but no, no, no. I, uh, we do, we do have some news. You know what? It's kind of the same news as before. Uh, mm-hmm. Still very relevant. But hey, Dan, I got a question for you. Is um, is Antonio Brown gonna ever play football again? <laughs> I think he will, but will it be for the Raiders? <laughs> I don't know, man. Are the Raiders gonna be like, you know what? It was fun, <laughs> but it's time for you to go. Uh, I think Dude. he will play. I think he will play football again. Yes, but really, it's it's definitely been a. Uh, I don't know. It's been a weird couple of weeks. Dude, for Antonio Brown. I'll say this about that. Um, every time that everyone's basically called this dude out, I've just been like, yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever. But now, like that, he's off the Steelers. He's gotten what he wanted. Got a new contract. Got some new, more guaranteed money. Like. They basically have given him everything he wanted. They've traded for him to show him that they want him on their squad. This guy just might be certifiably batshit. And 
I just don't know. I mean, it just it's, it's not very good. No, it's it's not. And I know I don't know if you saw the comments yesterday by their GM Mike Mayock. Hey man, it's either uh, either you're all in or you're all out. It's time for you to make a decision. So seriously though, it's like, dude, we let your whole charade go on and on and on. Big Ben is nowhere near you. Yeah. But I mean, insane. It's strange. Insane. It's just so strange. This guy's so weird. <laughs> He's just yeah. so weird, right? Like, no, just no a doubt. weird dude. No doubt. Like, I was no. on his side with the whole Big Ben thing. Like, yeah, why are you doing this, like, Ben? Like, number one, I don't like Ben. But aside from just my disdain for him, I was like, man, this guy's just calling out his whole squad. Like, that's not going to do it. Call him out in the locker room, not outside of it. But now, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, do you, do you think he'll bad. play football again? I would have said yes up until yesterday. Because I thought that he was just trying to get the that helmet, the weird helmet clearance, and now he's filing another yeah. grievance or some crap. Like, what? Yeah. This is nice. I don't know, man. It's, it's uh, just, just crazy, man. Just freaking it, crazy. It's not, a good, it's not a good week for all this to can you, like, figure this out, like, three weeks ago, Antonio Brown? Yeah. You get a draft coming up. Yeah. Know? Like, come on, man. Like, think about other people. Just nope. Saying. Not what he does. No, sir. All about him. What else, what else we got going on? What else is happening in the NFL? Well, this, like I said, sim- just very similar, similar news. But, again, another high-profile player in Ezekiel Elliott. The holdout continues. Obviously, Melvin Gordon's holdout continues. Gordon said that he's waiting for a call from the Chargers, but Zeke said that, and more recently, um, Jerry Jones had some comments where he was basically <laughs> dismissing Zeke's existence. Zeke who? So it seems. Yeah, with, uh, with the big Zeke who. Yeah. And uh, as you can imagine, Zeke and his representation weren't too thrilled with that. Uh, I think just kind of comments made in poor taste by Jerry, the Jera. But uh, again, his team, he can do whatever the hell he wants. He's just kind of stupid. When yeah. you need your best player on your team by far, especially on offense, like you need him. Yeah. That is your team. I don't think that anyone can say that running backs are super high value, but yours is. If there is one, it's yours. So, I don't know, man. Um, interesting, interesting kind of happenings around the league, I guess. Another uh, bad timing, you know? Like, what, what yeah. Do you, what do you do, you know? Like, I don't know, man. It's going to be interesting to see. Obviously, he's going to get drafted. It's going to be interesting to see who takes him and when they decide to pull that trigger. And, I, I mean, obviously, unless we hear something before Saturday. I think his Saturday. stock is just – both those stocks are just kind of plummeting at this point. Yeah. Like, I don't know, man. I Gun to my head, I could not tell you what I would do if he comes to me in the first round, let alone the second round. Exactly. Yeah. Like – I might just say, all right, if he's there in the third all the way back to me, then maybe. <laughs> but do I really want to t- waste my third-round pick on a guy that's not going to play? Exactly. And I think A.B. was going in the second to third-round range, and do I really want a guy on my team that's not going to be playing either? Like, come on. Mm-hmm. That you I don't mean, know from week to week. Just scary. It is. It's very, very scary, yeah. Uh, I, don't, yeah I don't know what I would do either. Um, but somebody's going to make that decision, and – What's going to happen is it's not going to be me and whoever makes it makes that decision. Zeke will yeah. probably sign like five minutes later. <laughs> like, son of a bitch. <laughs> and he might actually just sign on Saturday. That would be terrible timing for everyone except the guy that drafts Zeke. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, uh, Chris Morton has said on ESPN the, today, 
that he expects talks to heat up in the next week, week and a half. Yep. Whether or not a deal is going to get done is one thing, we'll but see. he said he thinks it will really start picking up. So. We'll see. All yeah, I know man. is that I cannot get burned in the asshole twice. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, it makes – you've experienced it, so it uh, – I'm, sure I'm sure it makes it a little bit harder for you to be the one to pull the trigger. Yeah, that's what I would say. But, yeah, man, uh, hopefully they hopefully they get it figured out before Saturday. Uh, well, hopefully Saturday, right after pick eight, they can kind of figure up and make up their mind and, you know, <laughs> be kind of good to go. Man, uh, dude, that's going to be crazy if it breaks, like, right before oh somebody's on the clock. That or would like, just be so wild. Like, yeah, like, I don't know. If, if you put in – if you – take your pick and then three seconds later the news breaks and you would have taken Zeke or whatever whoever it was yeah yeah Man, that's gonna that's gonna be such a bummer such a bummer it would be really funny if it happens right after pick 13 because then someone <laughs> would have had 12 and 13 for Zeke to make up his mind and then yeah that yes that would just be I think that'll be kind of poetic justice for that person at the end of the round there <laughs> uh, but yeah I guess we can kind of jump right into the show here because the only news I guess is non-news on running backs and then I guess very similar to AB. Um, still all no-shows, and we're all just kind of twiddling our thumbs, hiding our time. Right. So. Yeah, that's right. Interesting, interesting, interesting happenings, um, or maybe not so interesting happenings. But uh, aside from all that, we have a breakdown of the NFC West on today's show. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and, I guess, jump right in, Dan, with our champs from last year, the overall NFC West champs, the overall NFC conference champs, and the overall – oh, wait, no, they didn't win the Super Bowl. But they are the uh, Los Angeles Rams. Oh, yeah, I was going to say St. Louis. You're right, Los Angeles Rams. And, mm-hmm. and speaking of running back and question marks, I think that's probably the biggest question marks surrounding the Rams the whole offseason. On the field. On the field, yes. Is uh, What do you do with Todd Gurley, man? You know, he was by far the number one running back last year. He averaged over three points more a game than number two, Saquon Barkley. Nuts. Freaking I mean, nuts. And Saquon was, was such a good yeah, he was running back. It's Gurley, so nuts, man. Gurley was amazing. And then, you know, towards the end of last year, his he started having some knee issues. You know, he played a little bit here, a little bit there. He just never looked the same. Mm-hmm. So everyone's just wondering, like, which, which Todd Gurley are we going to get? You know, are we going to get the beginning of the year or the end of the year Todd Gurley? Yep. And that's it. Um... Well, let me ask. Let me ask you, Manesh, where, where would you feel comfortable taking Gurley? Is, is he a is he a first round pick still, or is he, you know? You know what? To me, that's a very tough question. It is. Um, I don't think he's going in the first round, but I wouldn't question if anyone went for him in the first round. Except I think they'd need to come back and really jump high for the Rams' backup running back, whoever they think that is, the run handcuff to him, mm-hmm. just because you know the risk is so high. But the reward is also very freaking high. Like so high. When Todd was obviously playing last year fully healthy, like it was amazing. Mm-hmm. He obviously got injured, just wasn't himself. But his replacement, who was a running back, basically picked up off the trash heap, C.J. Anderson, came in so clutch down the stretch there for the Rams and. Almost led them to a Super Bowl, to be honest. Yeah. And how crazy is that? Couldn't make the team in Denver. Got booted from Oakland, and 
wherever else he went last year. I think yeah, Carolina was, was there for yeah. like a cup of coffee and uh, yeah, and and then boom, yeah, just ends up being this the, the, the Rams um, kind of last quarter of the season MVP basically. Yeah. While Todd Gurley was sitting, waiting, wishing, I mean, and doing nothing really. So. For for me, man, it's. I think you. I think you have to also look at what the Rams did this in the offseason, right? You have to take into account that, you know, they went out, they drafted Daryl Henderson, drafted him in early, third round, right? Dude, they didn't just draft Daryl Henderson. You know what else they did? They they made sure Malcolm Brown did not leave that facility. No, I'm Malcolm, just talking about that. I'm not even mentioning that. That's a great point. Uh, sorry. They, they made sure that they matched, like you were saying, sorry. Malcolm Brown's offer sheet was matched from the Rams, yes. or from the yes. Lions. Um, funny enough, they actually went after another former Rams running back. But uh, yes. they also traded up for Daryl Henderson. Not only did they draft him early in the third, they went up to get him in the third. Yeah, exactly. And that move, like you said, off uh, matching the offer sheet from the Lions to bring Malcolm Brown back, I mean, I think they're just as worried as we are, you know, what's, what's going to happen with Todd Gurley. Um, Rightfully so. You know, it's... Man, Unfortunate, it, but I think this might uh, be the downward swing for Todd Gurley's career, for sure. Yeah. And maybe his uh, downward trajectory, very, very short and short time up top for Todd Gurley. Unfortunately, he was um, hampered by Jeff Fisher for... He caught the Jeff Fisheritis for the first few years of his career. And, exactly. Uh, Fortunately, he was actually able to show himself for a few years, but RIP to, no, I think, 1.01 Todd Gurley. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I mean. You flipped the model caps over there, Dan? Ah, oh, man, sorry. Text, <laughs> text messages are going off. Um, professional. I did not put my phone There on it is. <laughs> uh, yeah, so right now he is going as the running back eight. He is going 10th overall. Gurley is. That's his uh, ADP, so it, and then in ours with keepers, I mean, you would think he sneaks into that first round, but we'll see. It's a matter of, like you said, the, the risk is high, but the reward is very, very high as well if it pans out. Absolutely. And um, you know what's going to be, you know what's funny is that Todd Gurley is probably going to be sitting, looking right at me in my face at number nine. He very well could be, yeah. Like, there's a very distinct possibility that this happens. So that's why I'm like, what the hell would I do? Yeah. Um, like, would I do this? Would I legitimately do this? So it's, I don't know, man. It's interesting. There's so many, like obviously there's these guys that are RB ones off the field, on the field, but they're literally off the field. And then there's a guy like Todd Gurley who was the one overall RB, number one RB overall last year. I don't even know if he's gonna go in the first round. Like this is nuts. Kind insane. of the the transition of these players year to year right now. Isn't that crazy? Like isn't it yeah. just crazy to think that three of the top ten running backs from last year may yep. not go any of them in the first round this year. Yep. And not because any of them cannot finish there. Yeah. You know what? Yeah, you know what? All three of those guys could go outside of the top ten at running back, and all three of those could be one, two, and three at the end of the year, and it would mm -hmm. surprise no one. Mm-hmm. I've seen, uh, I've seen some people do mocks where they get all three of those guys. Oh, jeez. In the first, See, I, second, I, I, third oh, round. Oh God, no, no, thank you. I mean, <laughs> oh yeah, no, you'd have to be like, I don't know, you'd have to have huge have balls, balls to of do steel. that. But could you imagine yeah. the payoff if it all went like, you know, how we normally would think it would go? Yeah. I mean, I mean no, dude, a, if you ended up with those three, you'd have three RB1s yes. when fully healthy and fully equipped to play football. Yeah. I mean, 
crazy, man. But yeah, like you said, if, if you if you took Gurley, you know, you might have to pay up for his backup or who you think his backup is. And I, I do, you know, everyone tells you it's Henderson, but I do think it's uh, a question mark. I don't think it's just because I know they traded up for him and all that. They put the draft capital in him, but they also did bring Brown back. And I don't know if it's just going to be Henderson as uh, everyone thinks. I think it could be a timeshare. Um, or, or it could be Brown. It's, that's what I think, too. I don't think that they want to just give it to one back. They don't have a bell cow back on the roster like <clears> they have in Todd Gurley uh, or had maybe in Todd Gurley at this point. But you can't also forget that, you know, Todd Kelly's still there, right? John Kelly, or, yeah, excuse he's me, there. John Kelly, not Todd. Yeah, he's there. Yeah, John Kelly's still there uh, out of Tennessee. So, I mean, they get some good backs. Like, And he tore it up last year in preseason. He did. He I did. mean, this, again, preseason. But, yeah. hey, look, he was a productive back at Tennessee they kept him on the roster or the practice squad all year and you know he's still hanging around and he still do some damage too so let's just put it this way they have a a, a, st- a good stable of running backs so even if anything happens to Todd Gurley I think that that position will still be very valuable yeah no doubt um but yeah man so let's let's jump over to to Jared Goff real quick we won't talk I won't talk too much about him just because that's Diallo's keeper in the 14th round um so it's not Ooh, like anybody's wee. going to going to draft him anyway Yep. Uh, but last year he finished at the QB seven, so uh, he, he was pretty pretty good. He pretty he, pretty good. He ended the year not so hot mm-hmm. uh, compared to how he started the year. Um, he only threw six touchdowns in the last five games, and four of those were were in one game. So Ooh. yeah, so not not too great. Okay. Uh, but the one some thing of that could have been yep, go Todd Gurley. So okay. I would say some of that could have been Todd Gurley leaving and that the offense kind of changing a little bit to C.J. Anderson. Uh, yes and no. I think that, that definitely has – I mean, not, sorry, sorry. Yes, but also, that was what I would say. Gotcha. Also being because of another player we're going to talk about soon, but I think the absence of Cooper Cup changed that offense up more uh, than yeah, did no. the absence of Todd Gurley. No, yeah, Cup definitely changed things, but he – what, he only played six games, I think. He left. He left pretty early. And how insane was was that offense when they had? Oh no, no, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing. Games. I'm not disagreeing. Oh, he played eight games. Okay, he played eight. I was gonna say I he, thought it was a little bit more than six. Yeah, but he did. He did I think play he was eight like, games. Was he something crazy like the third running back, or third wide receiver in fantasy up until that point yeah, when he got he injured? He was. He was lightning. Like that up. was insane. That dude was yes. just balling. Yep, he was. You could ask ask Jamie. Jamie, Jamie killed it, and he drafted him and a couple other wide receivers I'm late. Sure, but he missed him afterwards, though. Yeah, he did. Um, but yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, when he left, that definitely did did hurt golf. And all indications is Cooper Cup is good to go. He's back. You know, he's in training camp. Um, I haven't a, heard a, a lot of go. great things about Cooper Cup though in that time. In, in the training camp. Yeah. Have you been hearing a lot of? I haven't Good heard rumblings. I guess I haven't heard one way or the other, but I mean, I'm sure some of that's just trying to get get back into game game shape. Yeah, um, you know, I I wouldn't I wouldn't worry too much about him. Okay. I don't know. I don't know about you, but I wouldn't. I mean, he's an agility guy, and he really needs that agility to play well. So. Yeah, I mean, he's right now. Uh, he's going as the wide receiver twenty one. I definitely feel comfortable taking him as the wide receiver 21. I think I would feel comfortable at that point, too. So you never know. I think you actually might just go higher than that in that case. And yeah. you know what, Dan? You were right. He played in about five full games, and I think he got injured in week six. 
so okay. that's why you see uh, his stats kind of deteriorate off. But through okay. five full games, he was wide receiver two, not even wide receiver three. <laughs> yeah. That's insane. Dude, get this. The top two wide receivers in the entire NFL for mm -hmm. the first five weeks were white. Just let that sink in. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to th – oh, Adam Thielen. Yeah, Adam dude. Thielen, yeah. yeah. Both fell off towards the end of the year for very different reasons, but <laughs> um, both were white and still are white. So I thought that was an interesting <laughs> point there. Oh, you, you said both were white, so. And still are. I followed okay. up with that. You did. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> But man, yeah. So he's Cooper Cup's coming back as we talked about. Wide receiver twenty-one right now off the board. But he's also got two other really, really good wide receivers that golf gets to throw the ball to, and Brandon Cooks and uh, Robert Woods. Uh, last year, Cooks was wide receiver nine, and Robert Woods was wide receiver ten. So and Cup before he got hurt was wide receiver two. So I mean, we could have seen three wide receivers in the top you ten, know, fifteen, top ten, maybe fifteen. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, I mean, that offense is just so good that if you, you just try to grab any piece that you can. Yep. Uh, so right now, Cooks is going right receiver 15. Woods is going right receiver 16, right next to each other. And uh, Cup is going 21. Three receivers in the top 21. Nuts. Yeah, yeah. Um, is there, between Cooks and Woods, is there one where you're like, uh, I like this guy more, or it just depend on how your roster is being built, whether you would take Woods or you would take Cooks? So... I think it's more of the latter. I think it really depends on how my roster is constructed at that point. I agree. I agree. Um, because obviously right now it's a, co it's a coin flip, which is whatever your prefer preference is. Yep. I don't know. I just I, – I guess I would say Woods. Yeah, um, me too. Because I think I feel more confident in the number of catches that he'll come down with. But then I'm also missing out on the boom-bust potential of a Brandon Cooks every single week. Yep. Like I don't think Robert Woods is ever going to go off for 200 in a, in a game. But yeah. Brandon Cooks might go off for 200 a couple times and yeah. score double-digit touchdowns. So, I agree. That's, uh, I think Woods would be a good pairing with a, you know, a, I think one they'd of be good boom. pairing with one of them together, with both of them together. Oh, yeah, you could definitely <laughs> take both of them, play both of them. But if you had, like, a, a Tyreek Hill, man, I think Woods would be great with that. Um, or if you didn't, you, if you had uh, Adam Thielen, man. Of course, he could go off too, but yeah. Cooks, Cooks is, uh, you, know, you know what I mean, they're like a consistent, and he could be your boom guy. Man, I just can't wait for that game this year, though. Rams, Chiefs, hopefully uh, yeah. in Mexico this year. Like, that's going to be nuts. Again. It is. I think, I think it's going to be so hyped because of last year's game that it's probably going to be like won't the Super Bowl, it, and it's yeah. going to be 13-3. to <laughs> Oh, I don't know about that, dude. Did you, we talked about this on the last um, last one, but the Chiefs defense? Come on. Yeah, uh, I know. I know. Chiefs terrible. defense. Chiefs defense. <laughs> They're going to be terrible. But uh, moving on real quick. You know, I'm not going to talk too much about the tight end. None of them are, I think, going to be relevant for our league. Uh, you got uh, cut to Everett. Gerald Everett saying, "Hey, man, whatever did you? Yeah, what about what about me? <laughs> I mean, I think he could be a weak. You know, depending on the matchup, maybe you could play him. But he's not. I don't. He's not going to get drafted in our league. Do um, you have anything to add about the tight end? Are you? Nah, I think I'm good. All right, man. So who who finished second in the division last year? Uh, I don't know. Could you tell me? How about you remind me a little bit? I think they have a, they have a pretty good quarterback. Um, well, the Browns aren't in that division. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> hey. Uh, <laughs> I think it was the, uh, the 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 Seahawks. They were number two, right? Oh, go Hawks! Seahawks, yeah, man. Uh, uh, By the way, was what was the uh, video? Go Hawks! 
The what? I never saw that. You never saw the Russell Wilson video after he signed his contract? No, that sounds really creepy, though. Oh, oh man. Is that he what was it laying, was? Just he super was, creepy? He was laying in bed with, uh, what, Sierra, right? Uh, oh, maybe that's in, his wife, so I'd imagine. Yeah. Well, I, I couldn't remember. I thought that was her name. But he was laying in bed with her after he signed the contract late at night, and they recorded a video. And she's in the background. Go Hawks. <laughs> it was so weird. Anyway. Oh that was very weird. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> I don't know what to really do about that, but I will say that I would agree. Russell Wilson, we can start. go ahead and start right there. Um, very good quarterback, right? Re maybe, okay, let's put this way. Very good real-life quarterback. Now, yes. now last year, um, do you re um, recall, and this kind of goes into the entire Seahawks offense, do you recall where they ranked in terms of um, their rushing output and passing output in terms of number of plays a game? Rushing, rushing, they were either one or two. They were, they were up there. Yeah, so they actually, um, well, they had potential passes on the lowest percentage of offensive plays. Yeah. So they were the only team that was super close to getting a 50-50 chance of running passing. They were right there, actually. They were 50.5 to 49.5 in terms of dropbacks to um, planned run plays. Yeah. Which, in today's they, NFL, that's insane you don't really see that that often so that just kind of tells you the trajectory of where this offense is and i think that also kind of tells you uh, or gives you a little bit of a trajectory on the ceiling of a russell wilson at least from my perspective because if you're number one what you want to have in fantasy football i think is talent number two what you want to have in fantasy football is opportunity number three you hope you can add those two and have talent and opportunity but you want to have a good mixture of both right Yes. Well, number one, we know Russell Wilson's super talented. Number two, what he may lack is that opportunity, though. If yes. someone's giving him, you know, five chances a game versus another quarterback that's getting eight chances a game, even if the quarterback's not as efficient as Russell Wilson, he could still obviously be a lot better in terms of fantasy production than would a Russell Wilson. Yeah. And so I think that's what led to Russell Wilson finishing where he did last year. Um, I think just in a one-year turnaround... Um, he he actually finished 2017 as the number one overall quarterback in fantasy football, which I don't think many people remember that, but Russ was number one overall. Except last year, he ended up finishing as number nine overall yeah. in terms of fantasy output. Yeah. So you might think that, oh, well, Russell Wilson always runs, but he's also been running less than he used to. He's becoming more of that kind of leader and orchestrator of that offense. Not in a game manager type of way, but he is a great game manager at the same point. So I think that that's what he's going to continue to do is they're going to try and play ball control with that with that running game, with that offensive line, with that um, that kind of young receiving corp that they have there, and they'll try and develop them as the year goes on. But I think they know exactly what they are and know exactly what they want to be with the makeup of that entire roster. And that's not going to mean that Russell Wilson's going to be throwing the ball, chucking around 30, 40 times a game every single week. Like They want to keep him in that... 20 to 30 range, I think, is where he would be optimally. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, he's talking about Russell Wilson rushing. Last year was the lowest amount of rushing attempts he's had in a season in his career. Yeah. Um, like I know, said, that, 2017, dude was first. Here, but here's the I crazy mean, thing is, is you know, you talked about him dropping from number one. And he was the number nine quarterback last year. Yeah. And he was the number nine quarterback. Only because he threw 35 touchdowns last year at a crazy – he was, he was throwing touchdowns at a higher rate than Patrick Mahomes was last year. Yeah. 
He just didn't throw it enough. Exactly. And to to your point of, you know, um, of uh, the Seahawks change into the rushing and things like that, the percentage, I think I think I read somewhere he was throwing it at like 8.2% 8, 8 of his throws were, were touchdowns last year, which is ridiculous. Um, yeah. I mean, it kind of goes hand in hand with a guy named Tyler Lockett, right? Can you can you do that again? I mean, do you, do you see him finishing as the as the quarterback nine again? I I personally don't. You know, if you take away his rushing, and then I just don't see him throwing touchdowns at that ridiculous rate again. But I mean, do you see him being a quarterback nine, or do you think he's going to be lower this year or higher? I mean, if I was betting over under nine, I'd probably take the under just because I don't see him finishing as a top eight quarterback. Yeah. I think the chances of him following falling the back end number one are, are higher than they are as a top top one or uh, QB one I agree and not not because I don't like him not because I don't think he is like a bona fide superstar quarterback I just think that again it's just opportunity and where you feel that's going yeah yeah, uh, yeah he's still he's still being drafted he's being drafted as the QB eight right now uh, people yeah, are, yeah people are well I mean yeah I mean, that's fine I think that's where it, Let's put it this way. There's a very good chance that he finishes in the 8 to 10 range. Yeah. There's also a very good chance that he finishes in the, you know, 11 to 13 range. I just don't think there's as good of a chance that he finishes in the top 7 to 8 range, though, as there is of that lower half or latter half of the QB1. And obviously I know that, you know, I'm actually set in my quarterback position too, but if I needed one and he were out there, I don't know what its upside is and how well it fits into my, my you know the rest of my team yeah where i might want to take a more of a chance on a quarterback or or maybe i take a chance on my second quarterback and keep him because i know he also has a high floor so there's a couple different ways that you can go about this is if you want to employ a two quarterback strategy for your roster then i think that he's a great match with another quarterback because you can afford to take a chance on a guy that you might think is going to blow up this year yeah. like i don't know where Kyler murray's going right now but if you want to take a chance on a guy like a Kyler Murray, on a guy like a Lamar Jackson, who has, who both have top 10 potential and top three potential, to be honest, because of all the rushing they provide, it would be great to pair them with a guy like Russell Wilson, who you know he might not be number one, two, or three overall anymore in terms of fantasy, but he could very well finish as a top 10 quarterback and give you top 10 output every week. Yeah. And at least keep you competitive. I think that's a, I think that's a, that's a good take, man. I definitely agree with you. With you, man. He'd, he'd be a good, a good pair, a good pairing. A good pairing quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. So yeah, you. Uh, they, they're such a run-heavy team, man. Who, who, who's their, who's their ball, ball carrier this year? That's interest. That's an interesting question too. Uh, I don't know if they. Well, I think all Paul. If the word out of the camp is correct, then it is Chris Carson as a. As a, as a penciled-in starter. I wouldn't yeah. say that it's penned in by any means or inked in. Um, but I will say that I would definitely tend to, you know, lean, I guess, to a Chris Carson over a Rashad Penny. However, I will say that I don't think you can go wrong with either of them, to be honest, this year. Just given the fact that this team runs, like we mentioned before, so damn much. I think it's a very, that's a technical term, but they run the ball so damn much. <laughs> that um, you have a really, really good chance of finishing near the ne at or near the top of um, the fantasy standings with 
either or both of these guys on your team, and both guys are going to be productive. And hell, even if guy the both guys are not going to be super productive, what's that other um, the other point? If you don't have the talent, then what can you use? Oh yeah, that's right, the opportunity. Yep. Both guys will definitely have the opportunity this year. Mike Davis is leaving a ton of touches behind. Yeah. And those got to go somewhere. Let's put it this way. And it's not like they're planning on running the ball a hell of a lot, anyway. So, I think yeah. all those, t uh, all of those rushes, all those targets, have to go somewhere. And why not just go to, even if they split them, that's still, Mike Davis. If, I don't know if you recall this, but Mike Davis had a four and a half yards per average last year, mm -hmm. and ran the ball over 100 times. Oh, no, he was. I had him. I picked him up there late in the year, and yeah, no, he was. He was good. He had, well, you said, over 100 carries, and he had over 30 catches. 30 catches I mean. on 40 targets. Yeah. So you I mean, got 40 targets and 112 rushes. That's 150 touches up for grabs. Yeah, exactly. Even if each of them split it 50-50, that's 75 a pop. Dude, that's how much more How much more opportunity do you need than that yeah. on a good offense with a good quarterback? Like, I would say that you're not going wrong with either of them, and even though I might like Chris Carson the player better, and I think I would, I think you might agree with me in that take because both of him were eyeing, or both of us were um, eyeing him his rookie season, as that undrafted guy, and we were both not trying to play, play their cards close to our vest. I mean, I think the last couple of years he's just kind of showing everybody, hey, this dude can stick. <laughs> um, yeah. It's pretty damn good, and uh, yeah, I mean, let's put it this I, way. I think you're not going to go wrong, but even though I think both of us would say that we prefer Carson the player, I might actually prefer Penny, given his draft capital. His price, yeah. And yeah. his price is not nearly as high as Chris Carson yet. You might end up with, let's put it this way, more than enough production to satisfy your investment there. Yeah. Uh, no doubt. Um, I agree with you, man. You, you could... Uh, not go wrong with either one just because of the, the volume that that team runs the football. It's all about volume with this team, and I think it's going to stay that way. Let's put it that way, right? Yeah. Hey, here's here's the fun, just real quick. Uh, you're talking about Rashad Penny, uh, draft capital. He's going as the as the running back 32 right now. Yeah. Do you know who's going as the running back 38? So six running backs later. Um, I would say Mike Davis. Cream Hunt. Nuh-uh. Wow. Yeah. I mean that is. I'm sorry. That's a lot of that's a lot of moolah there. <laughs> I don't Damn, think you can play until week week ten. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know when the Browns buy is, but um, definitely after eight weeks of gameplay, and then if yeah. homeboy's playing week ten, eleven, twelve, and some some playoffs starting thirteen, you're getting three, maybe four weeks of a Kareem Hunt that you're drafting as a thirty eighth running back. It's crazy, right? I mean, that's, somebody's gonna do it. Somebody's gonna do it in our draft. You know it's going to happen. Yeah, I'm excited. It's great. I'm going to make that a, if you draft Cream Hunt, you got a drink. Hey, if, uh, how about this? If you draft Cream Hunt, I might have a full chub. I don't know if you caught what I did there. <laughs> I, 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 I did. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Carry on. Yeah, so. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that pretty much covers it for the running backs there, but, um,. I think we do have another skill position, a couple more skill positions, I guess. Um, but we do have the running, or excuse me, the wide receivers there this year. And um, I was just going to say Cincinnati. I don't know where that came from. 
in Seattle. Uh, Dan, do you know who the number one wide receiver was last year in Seattle? Uh, was it Tyler Lockett? No, no, just like the uh, just like their 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 wide out one, like as a team, who uh, it was. Uh, uh, Doug Baldwin. It was a guy named Doug Baldwin. You know who is now no longer with the team? Is it Doug Baldwin? Hey, look yes. at that! Who said yes. you? Who, you know what? All those people that say you are a a dumbass, I don't believe them. Okay. <laughs> Wait, who's saying that? <laughs> all all of them, all of oh them. Oh my damn. gosh! I know. This it's is news pretty, to me. Yeah. Breaking news, folks. Breaking news. Uh, but you know what, Dan? I don't believe them. Thank you. I don't believe them. Uh, yeah, so no, Doug Baldwin no longer with the team, leaving a ton of targets. Obviously, he was injured last year, uh, but, you know, playing in and out of injuries, that still opens up a ton of targets, even on a low-volume offense like the one that the Seahawks have. And I think that those targets got to go somewhere. Where do you think they're going to go, Dan? They got a couple of young guys, a couple of, you know, modestly proven vets there, and you know, there's think, a lot of mouths to feed. But who do you think is the who has the biggest mouth? I think everybody thinks it's Tyler Lockett. Uh, and watching the preseason game this weekend, he did. He was targeted uh, for the little amount of time there on the field. He was targeted a, a pretty good amount. He did look pretty good, but man. I mean, like you said, Doug Baldwin was in and out a lot last year, and Tyler Lockett still only saw 70, 70 targets. Um, I mean, he's a DK Metcalf, but he's having knee, knee surgery now. So yeah. He's out. I mean, he, he, they're saying it's not that, that major, but, I mean, he's still got to work his way back. And um, I, You know what I would say? It's, I think it's actually kind of pretty cut and dry right now, um, especially given DK Metcalf's trajectory. I think they're saying he's going to be out a few months now, three months or so. Three months. Or maybe that was a different guy. Uh, yeah, because I think Pete Carroll said he should be back by week one. Oh, never mind. Not not DK Metcalf. Yep, I was thinking about somebody else. Sorry, yeah, no, DK Metcalf, Pete Carroll did say that he's looking to come make it back fully healthy to the squad by week one. Um, yeah, but got, uh, David Moore, he's still there too. He was good. Well, David Moore, yeah, undrafted guy that um, – that they like, they, they really liked him last year, and he caught yeah. a lot of, he had a lot of looks in the red I mean, zone. He, so he had 52 targets in his limited amount of time, and yeah, exactly, very limited amount of time. I think it's pretty cut and dry that the guy that you, the guys that you're going to be looking for out of the gate, are going to be either a David Moore, and that would just leave Tyler Lockett. I think that going 20 overall is pretty good value for a guy like Tyler Lockett, who, yes, we know only, you know sub let's say sub sub 75 targets like you mentioned but obviously the guy has a nose for the end zone huge big playability he offers value in the special teams game where he might offer one or two touchdowns there again a year as well and you would only suspect that when now doug baldwin out of the lineup those targets have to feed somewhere why not feed to the highest target in that offense make good points or highest i guess paid player or talented player, I guess, whatever it might be in that offense. And that, I think, is Tyler Lockett. Yeah, man. Uh, I've, I've never been a big Tyler Lockett guy. and Make good points, though. You know, something definitely to, to think about. Definitely uh, something to think about. But yeah, aside from Tyler Lockett, they do have, like we mentioned, DK Metcalf, DK Metcalf, physical phenom. <laughs> no, he does He does have some big old calves that we were trying to get at. Yeah, yeah, there you go. DK Metcalf's. Um, <laughs> man, that, damn it. That would have been a really good fantasy football name. 
Ah, oh, man. All right. Well, you can you could use that one. I think I already got my new name. But uh, yeah, so David Moore going really late in fantasy drafts, as well as they got another. Uh, well, they still have Jerome Brown there, who I mm -hmm. think we can we understand is just filler depth. Another guy, um, and then another rookie actually, less touted, less Adonis-like in Gary Jennings, though, who I who I do think is a sneaky. Um, you know, just a kind of name to listen out for, wait out for, because you know where he plays. He plays in the slot. Um, and there might be some slot targets available. I don't know if you heard. So, just another name to keep on the radar. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he could be different. I'm sorry, I didn't know you were asking me a question. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think he, he's definitely a, a name. You know, you put you have that little star on Yahoo. You know, you just hit the little star for, uh, for the waiver wire to watch. You know, a maybe, guy to maybe watch. tap the guy. You know, watch him yeah. for a couple of weeks, see what he does. Give, but give him a little poke. Give him a little poke, just a little bit, a little much. Yeah. But I think that pretty much does it for the wideouts. Um, and then I guess we do need to mention that Seattle does employ um, tight ends. They do. They well, they, they do employ. They, they do employ. Um, professional tight ends, so they got uh, they got thirty three dollar Will Disley, man. Thirty three Will Dis, yep, yep, he's still there, Dave. He's he's making a comeback from what I hear, and you can get great value with him. You know who? You know where he's going? He's going as wide out fifty one right now. Wow. That's basically free. Well, you know who he's Dave. going? You know what's funny though? I looked it up. You know who he's going after? Who? Do you know the guy named Michael Roberts? Sounds familiar, but... Uh, He's the tight end that was in Detroit and um, failed, like, three physicals when he tried to get traded and or signed to other teams. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. Including, like, the, the Pats and uh, a couple of other, I guess, another team as well, but... Yeah. Yeah. He's still being drafted ahead of Will Disley. <laughs> I think Dave should stay consistent and take him number 33 overall if he has that pick. 33 overall, followed yeah. by 34 overall pick Paul Perkins. Ooh, Paul oh man! Oh He's so man! Good, man! He's so good. Such a good player. Uh, uh, but in other news, their backup tight end, in all seriousness, Ed Dixon did have surgery, so I think that 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 job is going to be all Nick Vanets, who, you know, in the tight end wasteland that was last year, at least managed to post some numbers, <laughs> which I guess is good. Um, if you like numbers. If you like you numbers, like... then, hey. Uh, I mean, he had some catches. He caught the ball <laughs> last year, and he played in almost every game. So there's that. There you go. There you go. So, yeah, Nick Vanette, showing you some love, brother. Get him. But, yeah, I think that pretty much does it. Do you have anything else to add for that Seahawks offense? I, uh, I do not. I'm just excited to talk about the next team. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Dan. That's, it's all about your Niners now, man. Is, it the, is this their year? Let's, let's, let's hear it. Let's hear it. <laughs> What Man. you got? What you got? Uh, this is uh, take two on the <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo hype. Because <laughs> uh, Jimmy GQ is back, man. Hey, he so still looks good. Still a uh, good-looking well, guy. He looks good on the eyes. He did yeah. not look so good on the football field. Uh, no. <laughs> in, the first, in his first preseason mm -hmm. game. But, hey, you know, real quick, he, you know, I've, on Twitter, some people were already not too happy. But, hey. He hasn't played football in 11 months. Give him, give him a break. 
you know, let them let them at least play another couple games and let them uh, let them chuck it around. I was a little disappointed that they didn't, you know, the plays tonight. They just kind of there were plays that took a long time to develop, and he hasn't right. played in eleven months, and the offensive line isn't fully healthy. Defensive line for Denver is really, really good, so I was kind of hoping they would give him some quick, easy passes, you know, yeah. get them going. But they were like plays that take four seconds to develop. And yeah. Well, I mean, they were trying to test the strength of the, the O-line. Now they know the entire O-line sucks, not well, just the interior part. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, he, he definitely looks skittish. But, like I said, we'll see how the preseason game against the Chiefs goes. Hopefully he gets to play a little bit longer. Absolutely. And, um, but, yeah, anyways, so as far as fantasy goes, man, I, I remember last year we had our bus show, and you said Jimmy Garoppolo was going to be a bus last year. I did. I did. No, it doesn't mean I predicted his injury, <laughs> but he still wasn't very, very good leading up to that injury as well. No, yeah, he, he had his his ups and downs before he got hurt, definitely. Uh, but it's, it's hard to, I guess, kind of gauge him uh, going into this year for fantasy. Um, he's definitely not going to go where he went last year. I think in round seven is where he was drafted, or that was his ADP when we talked about him. Right. And I think this year he's not even – yeah, it's a, so just to kind of piggyback on that, that's also why I did not like him heading into yes. that year. I was like, man, this is just way too high, exactly. let alone for a good quarterback, let alone for this unproven quarterback who may or may not be good. Yeah, so that was my big reasoning there. Sometimes it's the looks, man. Looks just get you. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's what happened to Jolly. It was the looks. He's um, a looker. Yeah. But, I mean, if if you look at last year, if you it's hard to do, but if you – did look at the QB position for the 49ers. It was a 4,000-yard uh, position, you know, 20, I think 26 touchdowns. So it was a it was a back-end QB1, low-end QB2. So maybe with Jimmy Garoppolo, it might, you know, improve a little bit. But that's yet to be seen. Um, you know, I, th- I think he's going to be a, a streaming option this year. I don't think anyone, you know, is going to draft him unless they're the, they're, or he's their second QB. Right. But other than other than being good looking, man, I, I don't have too much to say about Jimmy. What about you? No, I just uh, wanted to know if you saw the stat line that someone had posted up with uh, Jimmy G and Nick Mullins. I think it oh, might have been Barnwell, but um, very close. Yeah, that was um, pretty freaking funny, actually. I, I think I honestly do think a lot of um, a lot of it is is Kyle Shanahan. I, I mean, I think. He's just a, a QB-friendly offense, you know. Um, so I'm not saying Nick Mullins is Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, I'm just, just, just talking in general that he makes the quarterbacks look good, I think. Yeah, he does. Uh, so Not not Jimmy Garoppolo, though. Not uh, C.J. Beathard. <laughs> no, uh, no, no I don't think C.J. Beathard, Beathard looked all that great. That dude is terrible. Anyway, we're not going to talk about the third-string quarterback on the, on the 49ers. I think the position that is always successful in Kyle Shanahan's offense is the running back position. Um, he always produces uh, a fantasy-relevant player at the running back position. And this year, they signed uh, Tevin Coleman to join Jarek McKinnon and, and Matt Breida. And everybody in, in March was like, why are they doing this? Yeah, you know, they have they have all these running backs. Uh, they have a stable. Yeah, they I had mean, a stable. 
you had, you know, Mostert. My name is Jeff. I'm Wilson. I mean, they have so many, so many players, and everybody's like, why are they doing this? And then what happens first week of training camp? Jarek McKinnon shutting them down, you know. So now it's Tevin Coleman, Matt Breida, and Mostert. Um, I do think it's a little unclear who the starter is. And I think that's why we see in the ADP of, like, Tevin Coleman is a little bit later than if we knew he was the starter for sure. Um, and then Matt Breida. Matt Breida's going as the 44th running back. So he's I know, man. Really, I saw really that. Really I was like, wow. And I will that's say, incredible. like, if you watch the preseason games, the last two, it's been Coleman. Coleman has started the games, and then you see yep. Breida come in. If you follow Twitter, the beat writers and stuff, they're saying that their unofficial depth chart has put Breida as the starter. Even Ooh. this week, going into the game this week, the unofficial depth chart is Breida as the starter. So, wow. it's, you know, it's something to think about. Um, what about who? If you take ADP out of it, just say, you know, Coleman versus Breida. I mean, who, who, who would you think is the starter or who would you go with if you were the coach? Yeah, you know what? Um, I, I think this is one of those backfields that I kind of want to stay away from. Uh, but I guess if I had to pick, had to pick and choose, I just liked. In terms of the actual football player himself, I'm a big Matt Breida fan. Yeah. I don't know if I can say the same for Tevin Coleman. So in you know in a couple leagues, I had one of each of them. So I mean I had I had shares of both players last year, and you know even when Matt Breida didn't produce, you just knew that he was playing hard and playing well. And mm-hmm. it was a lot of it wasn't necessarily due to him. A lot of it was due to the injuries that he was playing through. Yeah. And you knew with Tevin Coleman, he had all the opportunity in the world on a good offense and a, with a bad defense, and yet just did not produce for whatever reason. Yeah, not to not to the expectations that we all thought he. No, would. he kept losing snaps to Ito Smith, and God, that dude's terrible. Just, <laughs> I'm sorry. He's, Ito. I, yeah, I don't like Ito Smith whatsoever. Oh, tell me how you really feel. Oh, so, man. <laughs> I just, dude, I don't know, man. I, did, I think that last year was his year to, to come out and show his thing, yeah. and he just couldn't. It was just it's, so bad. It, it's going to be interesting because we've seen Coleman. He was really good, you know, when it was him and Devontae Freeman when Kyle Shanahan was the offensive coordinator, right? Yeah. So, I mean, maybe maybe their plan is to have Coleman and Brita be the new Freeman and Coleman. <laughs> You know, um, yeah. I mean, they might. They both might have their their weeks where they're both usable, right? But. And I mean, I think everyone can basically agree that Coleman was a lot more consistent when he had Devontae Freeman on the field with him in Atlanta, and yeah. that duo was dynamic. I mean, obviously Devontae Freeman was an RB one week in week out, but Coleman had his weeks and then was a very very solid flex option yeah. every yeah, single was, week. He's the last three years. Kevin Coleman's been – he's finished the year as an RB2 the last three years. So yeah. he's not, you know, somebody who's going to blow up every week, but he, he's just consistent, I guess, like you said, a flex option. Yeah, you know what you're going to get out of the man. Exactly. Um, I mean, that's what Shanahan likes. So he went out yeah. and, you know, didn't get him super early by any means. But, you know, they went out. They said, hey, look, this guy's in our price point now. So, mm-hmm. you know, we can bring in a good back, at least guy that knows my system and a guy that I like to use. So I will say it's – just, just real quick, uh, 
you know, you, you did say they didn't get him super early, Coleman, right? Yeah. And it is interesting when you think, when we talk about who's the starter, who's, who's it going to be, right? Well, the reason they didn't get Coleman so early is because rumors were they were in the running to get Le'Veon, Le'Veon Bell, Bell, right? Yeah. So they didn't get him. So obviously, obviously they wanted somebody else to be there. They didn't get him. Coleman's still there. They took Coleman. So, you know, maybe if you read, read into that, that will tell you what they think about Matt Breida. Yeah, that's unfortunate because that guy was fucking amazing. Yeah, he, he was good. Um, and then I, I like uh, Mostert, man. He, he had another good showing uh, against the Broncos in that preseason game. He's going to make the team. He's, he's a special teams guy, but he's really say good he's too. special teams ace as well. And yeah. he's obviously shown that he can fill in admirably when he's needed. But I think for fantasy purposes, he is depth. Would, oh, you, yeah. would you disagree? No, I, not at all. He's depth. And then if something happens, if McKinnon doesn't come back and then something happened to Breida or Coleman, he's, he's going to have you know, his, his role. He's yeah. going to get more carries. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, let's jump all over. Let's jump over to the wide receivers. I'm going to hit on the first one that you probably know pretty well from the end of last year, our boy Dante Pettis. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean he came I on. Do he, do like me some Dante Pettis. He came on late last year. Last year, uh, he was a a wide receiver two from weeks 12 through 15 last year. So a small sample size, you know, of of great performances, but he did put them together. Now he did put the, them together though. Now it's a matter of can you do it for 16? Right. And if you, like I said, pay attention to the beat reporters, he's not going to put them together <laughs> for 16 straight weeks. He's, oh. he's struggling in camp right now, man. Staying healthy. No, he's just struggling just in oh, general. Oh, just in general. He just, he's just struggling. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Um, I was, uh, they had, the Broncos and 49ers had joint practice last week, and I got an alert from one of the writers. Dante Pettis breaks open, you know, long. Jimmy Garoppolo puts on the money. Dante Pettis drops it. <laughs> I was like, oh, come on, Pettis. But well, he he look, he beat the guy. So yeah, it's true. Was Chris Harris and and I don't know sure who the who the DB was, but if you watch Dante Pettis run routes, he's a really really good route runner. That's nice. He's, he he gets open. Um, but right now he's going as a wide receiver, thirty four around Sammy Watkins, Christian Kirk, and Corey Davis. Um, what do you think? You think wide receiver thirty four? You think that's that's his ceiling? Do you think he can improve on that at the end of the year? Well, hey, look, I think that's not his ceiling, and I think we both understand that it's not his ceiling, because guess what? He played above that last year, so we know that he can do more. It's just a matter of how lucky and how good do you feel about it, because he's not the only weapon there now. There, they theoretically have a healthy stable of players that has returned and and or grown yep or they've added additional weapons so you know the same team the same team that was there at the end of the year last year is not the same team that's there right now that's true man and uh you know one of the key pieces when garoppolo was playing well at the end of that one year was marquis goodwin and he's still he's still there man he's back from his injuries and with garoppolo back you know from the videos i've seen him and goodwin are right back where they were before Garoppolo go. got hurt, and so, we haven't we haven't really seen Garoppolo play with Pettis. You know, we too have much. not seen Garoppolo play with Pettis. They probably had a couple weeks, but I think Pettis was always injured in the beginning of last year, and then obviously Garoppolo exactly. got hurt. Yep. But when Marquise Goodwin was at his best, 
So I wasn't super high on Garoppolo, but I will say that I did draft Marquise Goodwin super yeah. high in the league. And a lot of it was because of the connection that he showed with Jimmy G. Mm -hmm. And then Jimmy G got hurt, and then... Uh, I'm telling you right, they're showing it again in camp, and Goodwin is, in my opinion, being very underrated when it comes to uh, fantasy drafts. And a lot of that is because, like you said, you drafted him early last year, and a lot of people did. Uh, and I think a lot of people... He didn't produce oh, the draft capital last year. You know year. what it was? Here's but, what it was. Uh, last year, this is like a little inside draft here, but or inside trade here, but um, in my league, I drafted James Conner. Um, just took a flyer on him. Le'Veon wasn't back yet, and we didn't know that Le'Veon was going to miss the season at that point. Now, we were about to start week one, and I was super heavy at running back, but I was very light at wide receiver. Mm -hmm. And so I went ahead and traded James Conner straight up for Marquise Goodwin. I was like, I could use this depth, and Marquise Goodwin could be awesome this year, and I, I was really high on him, but I just, he just didn't fall to me. And so the other guy was missing a running back and missing running back depth like crazy. And so he's like, yeah, 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 I'll, I'll do it, I'll do it. I just need it for a couple of weeks at least to make it through. And wouldn't you know. Yeah, man. That didn't work out too well. I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> um, yeah, I was, I was saying he's uh, I was trying to find him real quick. Marquis? He's going as, yeah, he's going as – the 215th overall player. So that's not even drafted. Yeah. That's so much. I, I think that's... Um, uh, I don't know, man. I, I like what I see, and I wouldn't be surprised if, if Garoppolo stays healthy, if Goodwin ends up being the number one for him. Right. I mean, he's going... Hey, look, he's going free, like you said. Yep. Um, wide out 69. I know, man. But all. listen listen to the wide receivers going around his range here. Okay? You got Quincy Anunwa, Debo Samuel, Devontae Parker, Marquise Goodwin, Robert Foster, David Moore, Zay Jones. They, I don't know about you, but all those names sound at least decent. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they do. That just tells you how deep this shit is, though. That's why. Yeah, that's very true. Uh, and speaking of Debo, you talked about adding positions. Debo Samuel, man. Debo. To the 49ers. I was, I was saying even before the draft, you know, months before the draft, I was like, man, if they could get a pass rusher in the first and they could grab Debo in the second, I'd be one happy man. But what they do, they got a, a pass rusher in the first, they got Debo <laughs> in the second. So I was a very happy man draft. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Um, and so far in preseason, uh, Debo has not disappointed. I think mm – -hmm. um, I don't usually – I try not to go after rookie wide receivers in fantasy-wise, you know, because it takes wide receivers a little bit longer, unless you're Odell Beckham, to, uh, to really grasp the offense and get a, a rapport down. But, I, I mean, Debo, I think, is going to have a good shot at having a nice role on this team very, very early, especially if, you know, Pettis is struggling. And Debo looks like he could end up being a number one wide receiver for the team. Eventually, but uh, you, do you like Debo? I'm sure you do, right? Sakalani. No, yeah, yeah, no, I do, <laughs> I do. I just don't know if I like him as a rookie, like you said. I mean, yeah, I just think there's too many other mouths to feed, and I don't know. But then again, with Kyle Shanahan, no one knows because, no. in addition to Debo, I know you haven't gotten to him yet, and I'm sure you will. But like, they also drafted a guy, a gadget type of guy who's gonna take snaps, who's gonna take touches, and Jalen Hurt. Yep. Yeah, man. 
Jalen Hurd, another one. He he's a big. He's gonna be a big red zone guy. Um, yeah. He's a big kid. And I know you remember him too from Tennessee. So yeah. I mean, dude, sure he was a bruiser, do. man. He's a bruiser. He was, and then he went to Baylor for wide receiver for one year. Mm-hmm. Now he's with the 49ers, and his first preseason game was he do he catches two touchdowns. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he's he's another another option for for Garoppolo to go to, and it just goes back to you know there's a lot of mouths to feed this year. Absolutely. Uh, you might not see it early, you know, with Pettis and Goodwin will probably be the main targets early, but as Debo and Hurd start working into that rotation, you know these wide receivers. You know, their ceilings are going to be capped eventually, in my opinion. But I like I like the core, man. I like I like who they brought in. And then, of course, we've always had our boy George Kittle and Bits. But he's a oh, keeper this yeah. year, so I mean, I don't think we need to talk to talk about him too much. Yeah, we're okay. You know, he's a top three tight end. So it is what it is. Would you like to add anything about Kittle? No, no, nothing else to add. Sweet man, 49ers, 16 to 0. You heard it here. It's a wrap. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, let's talk about the team in the basement, the seller, the number one overall picked last year. What team was that? So as we come to the end of our discussion of all the NFL teams, isn't it fitting that the last team finished in last place <laughs> was really the shittiest offense and a wasteland for fantasy football last year not even I'm not, it's not even an exaggeration yeah that's right you know him you hate him it's the Arizona Cardinals so yeah um, a really 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 bad offense last year historically bad to the point where they had a one year coach obviously he was a defensive minded coach and he's my D, D coordinator now but look one year, I don't think they gave him too much of a fair shot, but God, that offense was so bad. Um, they fired their coordinator halfway through the year. Um, yep. Didn't things just did not get any better? I felt so bad for Josh Rosen just standing back there taking a beating every single day, and then hearing his name throughout the media just be the the, the center of trade rumors and all this and that. And ah oh man, felt bad for that guy. But um, yeah, no, you know they were gonna bring in. Um, well, they're they're bringing back basically the same offensive line. <laughs> That's smart. Um, so it's still shitty. And yeah. I mean, honestly, I think you had to start there. Obviously, most people want to start with their their the big buzz, right? With your mm-hmm. Kyler Murray signing and um, what's the thought? What is everyone's thought process about Kyler Murray and him being the penciled in starter now? And it's like, you know, what's how exciting is this Cliff Kingsbury offense going to be? I think it has to start though with that offensive line. You have to understand that even as innovative as Kingsbury will be, he could be more innovative than um, what, what what's his face Chip Kelly was. The thing, the fact of the matter is, is if you don't have a good offensive line, you're never going to have enough time to get the ball to any of your skill players or keep your quarterback upright. And I think that's what they're going to run into this year. It's very, very unfortunate, but... Even though I like a lot of the pieces that they have on this team, I just do not like this offensive line that much, and I just feel bad for them. I really do. Um, but okay, so given that, we, we I guess we can go ahead and move and move on to Kyler Murray. I think you know kind of what my thoughts are on the offense in general, but mm-hmm. again, like I said, I do like some of the pieces here. So Kyler Murray, what are your thoughts? What do you think about his ceiling and his floor? I think he has a really high ceiling. 
um, because I think he's going to run <laughs> run all over the place. I think there's a really good chance, like you said, the offensive line is terrible, right? And it's a lot better for Kyler Murray than it is for Josh Rosen because obviously Kyler Murray can get away from it. But we haven't had a, a quarterback run for 1,000 yards since Michael Vick. I think with as much running as Kyler Murray is going to do, I think he has a good shot. Him and Lamar Jackson, I think, have a really good shot at being the next quarterback to run for 1,000 yards. Um, so who do you think runs for more, Lamar or Kyler? More attempts or more yards? More yards. I'm going to go, I'll go Kyler. I'm going to go Kyler. Wow. Yeah, I'll go Kyler. All right. Well, I'll take Lamar in that. So uh, let's go head to head, baby. Let's go head to head. Ooh, let's do it. I mean, I think it's going to be close. Obviously, we all know Lamar. You don't think it's going to be close at all? No. No. Uh, We'll see, man. I'll go go Kyler. I think you could definitely pencil Lamar in for 1,000. I think Kyler's going to be right where Lamar ended up last year. Really? Yeah. Lamar, last year... Was right around 700 or so? He didn't even start in the first seven games. I know. I didn't say I didn't say Kyler was going to not start. I was saying I don't think Kyler's going to run as much as you think he is. Oh, I know. Uh, did you watch the preseason games yet? Yeah. You the no, Cardinals? no, no. I did not watch the Cardinals game. Oh, man. I mean, just what you're speaking of, of the offensive line being terrible, he's already running for his life. You're right. He's going to run for his life, not try to run the ball, but be forced into running the damn ball. Yeah, yeah, I know. If you say who's going to have more designed runs for the quarterback, I think it will be Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. But I just think Kyler's just going to end up running for his life the whole damn uh-huh. year. So Poor eventually guy. those yards will, <laughs> will add up to a, a lot of yards. Either way, they're both going to be freaking monsters at rushing the ball, I think. Yeah. For the quarterback. Safe to say. So, yeah, um, I think I'm kind of with you. I think the ceiling is super, super high, but – even just given all that, what we just mentioned about his rushing, I think that also makes his floor high. So, yes. yeah, you know what? If you draft Kyler Murray, you might not get the top five, top seven quarterback, but I think you're going to definitely get a top half of the league quarterback. He'll be a top 16. I mean, I think that's a that's his baseline right there. I agree. So I think he's like, you know, I think uh, one of the guys that we talked about earlier um, in Russell Wilson where we don't necessarily see the ceiling for him, but we see his floor being excessively high. I think he's like, this might be a really great pairing between these two is Russell with Kyler because you'd have your, yeah, you know what? I know what I'm going to get out of Russell, but in the off chance that Kyler blows up, I have, I have him here as well. So um, I think it's, it's a nice, it's a nice little situation to have if you go with those two and kind of pair them up. Yeah, no doubt. I agree. Yeah, so uh, moving on to the running back situa- situation, I think it's pretty safe to say that um, David Johnson, you know, uh, bona fide top 10 RB, finished last year, number 10, I think, overall, so yeah. at our, at the running back position. And I think he's right there, uh, again, just penciled in at the, as a starter. What I also think is interesting is the kind of buzz that we've heard around uh, Chase Edmonds, though. Yeah. So talk around the, ta- talk around the team is that they actually want to increase, not necessarily decrease David Johnson's role for those that are worried, but they want to increase Chase Edmonds' role. And given that they have a running quarterback who's going to obviously need to dump off because he's going to be under tremendous amounts of pressure, if and when they have Chase Edmonds on the field, that's going to be a really viable option there. And I don't want to like necessarily have 
everyone kind of overlook the fact that he is going to be a viable fantasy option. Um, or he, and obviously with, if David Johnson's out, then yeah, he, he jumps right in. So, yeah. you know, I think that the guy actually has kind of some potentially standalone value more in the, maybe as a poor man's street Cohen. There you go. I, so, I, I think so too. I think, you know, you're talking about the team wants to get him involved more. I think part of that is also, I don't know if you've heard, uh, Kingsbury talked that they want to do what seventy-five plays a game. Right, like, right, yeah. They're, oh, they're going to push. They're going to push the pace. Yeah, as much as they can. I think last year they were like bottom two or three in, in plays run per game. So that also, you know, that takes away yep. from the chances that Chase could be on the field. So yeah, he's definitely going to have a lot more opportunities because yeah, maybe David Johnson could play seventy-five snaps a game. I don't know, but very well, unlikely. I think he could, but. Given the pace that they're going to be flying at, I think he's going to need some breaks. And exactly. even if he's on the field, they might bring Chase Edmonds on the field as well. So you never know how they're going to function. Obviously, we, we've heard that um, and seen Cliff Kingsbury and his the, the way he's functioned, his offense has always been that that very, very old school stretch field and, you know, dink and dunk you to death. But, you know, it's that, that stretch offense there. So, yeah. Um, Four wide receiver sets consistently, and rarely a tight end on the field. But uh, you know, he's got he's got a plethora of options there, and I think he's going to tr- figure out very creative ways to utilize them. And yeah. I don't think you can forget about Chase Edmonds in that discussion. I agree. Anything else to add on the running backs? Um, any any worry of a repeat from David Johnson from last year, or do you um, do you no, just think? I mean, I don't know. I, there, there, there obviously is a worry. Um, I think you have to be when you just see a guy that's that talented not perform up to expectations, and then you have a guy like a Cliff Kingsbury coming in where, look, say what you want about how creative you might think he is. He's unproven. Exactly. This shit could blow up in his face. Mm-hmm. So I think if you say, if you ask me, am I worried, I'd, I'd be remiss if I said I wasn't. Yeah, I agree. Um, now, I think that David Johnson's talented enough to the point where that won't happen, but, I mean, there were there are a lot of thoughts that uh, could point you in the opposite direction and try and steer you away from utilizing him as your your, your bona fide RB1. Yeah. So, definitely things you got to take into consideration when you're going through your draft process and you're trying to understand value, value props. So, be weary, but I think he'll be good. I think he should be good. Yeah, I think so. I think he'll finish in the top 10 again or right at 10. Yeah, yeah. So uh, moving on to the wide receivers, old man Larry Fitz still running around the field. Still doing um, But I do, with that said, think it's going to be his last year. Very, very unfortunate because uh, yeah. the guy's he's, a class act. He's fun. Always been fun to watch. Always been fun to have, on, have him on your fantasy teams. And I don't know, man. Might just have to pour one out next year for 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 old Larry. <laughs> we could do that, man. It's, uh, uh, but yeah, it's behind Larry, we, you know, we got a, a bunch of new faces and young faces. So Christian Kirk back off of the injury, um, kind of in a full go here for the Cards. Um, but they also have quite a few new additions and new faces around the team. So they drafted a couple and they actually signed another one as well. Uh, but let me know. If, let me know what you think. Quick, quickly, quick thoughts. I guess on these guys. But they they, picked, they drafted a couple guys, Andy Isabella and Hakeem Butler, 
relatively early for both mm -hmm. of them. And then you got another guy in Keyshawn Johnson. And what's funny is that I'm looking at, uh, they also drafted him a little bit later on. I'm looking at the uh, depth chart right now for the Cardinals, and which of those three do you think is penciled in as um, a starting wideout in a three-receiver set? Of the of the three rookies? Of the three rookies. Of, I'm not sure, but I did watch an interview with Larry, and uh, they asked him the question of which wide receiver has been the best in camp, and he said it was uh, uh, Keyshawn. It has been Keyshawn Johnson. Yeah. So, yeah, they got Keyshawn Johnson penciled in as a starter. Is he? Next He's to Christian Kirk and Larry Fitzgerald. Oh, nice. You know, what's crazy is that Andy Isabella is on the second string. Hakeem Butler is on third string right now. Yeah, they, they've... Yeah. Butler, it sounds like he's been a little bit slower to... Uh, Grasp. Yeah, exactly. Things. So, not a surprise with him, but, yeah, that's, that's cool. That's cool that it's, uh, it's Keyshawn. Yeah, man. Last guy to get drafted, but guess what he's doing? He's showing out. He's showing the hell out. And, um, yeah, I, I mean, I've heard glowing things about him from a lot of the people that follow, follow around the Cardinals and a lot of the reports are coming out of training camp from over there as well. So, you know, all things considered, I mean, I think he might have some standalone value. Yeah. Especially if much as this offense ball. is as explosive as it's supposed to be. If. The big if. 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 But yeah, man, they got a lot of awesome-looking uh, weapons there. I'm really just excited to see what happens. I just don't know if um, there's going to be enough football around to go to everyone. Well, if they run 75 plays a game like like he wants, yeah. um, you know, you you would you would hope or you would think that he'd he'd get a little piece of the pie. But again, if the offensive is not any good, and they have tons of three and three and outs. Then he's not gonna, he's not gonna get anything. He's not gonna be relevant. He's being, he's a set 282nd player in fantasy right now. Yowza. Yeah, that's. He's that is... <laughs> Des Bryant's being drafted in front of him. Get the hell out. <laughs> I love looking at stuff like that. That's yeah, hilarious it's to funny. me. It's so funny. But, yeah, I mean, uh, there's a lot of mouths to feed. I think it's going to be a really fun and interesting offense. But, jeez, man, that O-line. Yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the big question mark when it comes to that, how that offense no, is No, 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 it's form. not a question mark. It's just, it's a known. It's okay. shitty. That's what it is. <laughs> I so. should say it. A big question mark as to whether or not all the other positions will perform. Yeah. <laughs> that, there you go. That's better. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> So is there is there a, a, a relevant tight end that we should know about from the Cardinals or? Yeah, no. Um, okay. I mean, they have a few names. So if you recall anything from the Cardinals last year, they had a guy in Ricky Seals Jones converted wideout, who I actually thought was an underline under um or like a like a low key kind of breakout player, and that obviously didn't happen. Mm -hmm. And then they signed a couple guys. Um, they signed Charles Clay from um, Buffalo. That's right. But hey, it's Charles Clay. I mean, I think whatever. he, I think he's already hurt, isn't he? Yep. Yeah, I think he is as well. So there you go. Um, who's penciled in as a starter right now is a guy who's a high draft pick um, out of Minnesota. Do you recall a guy named Max Williams with two uh, X's? He was uh, a Raven at one point, wasn't he? Yep. He was drafted sure. by the Ravens in the second round, sure. high second round, and um, 
you know, then decided to do nothing. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so there's those guys. And then they drafted a guy in um, Caleb Wilson. So either a bunch of meh or a bunch of unproven kind of guys here. So, you know, I don't know. Um, but I guess the one thing I do know is that uh, Cliff Kingsbury is not a fan of the tight end. Mm. His offenses don't tend to feature the tight end position. And it doesn't look as though he's ha- he has a tremendous, tremendous prospect at tight end either. So. Stay away. I'm not saying that I would stay away. I'm not saying that I wouldn't stay away. But, but uh, you did name quite a few names. What you're saying is, if you take uh, me and you out, there's 10 other people in our league. There's almost enough tight ends at Arizona for each person to have one, and they should just start them every week, right? There we go. Let's just do that. Uh, that works. That works. I'll pencil like them it. in on the draft board. I'll just put an uh, Arizona tight end for them. Perfect. I like it. Sweet. Sweet. It's cool, man. Uh, anything else to add on the Cardinals? No, I think that um, pretty much covers it pretty well. So. Perfect. Uh, did we have a, a listener question this week? I don't know. Do we have a listener question? Uh, that's on the next episode. Next episode, we're going to talk uh, about keepers, and we'll do the listener question on the next episode. Ooh, yeah, that? yeah. Let's, let's, um, let's, let's, let's hold on to it. Okay. So, yeah, all man, right. that was fun. That's, that's all the divisions. Um, hope that provided a little insight on, you know, some of the players to some of the, the listeners that we have. Hope, hope everybody enjoyed it. And, yeah, we'll uh, catch you guys on the Keeper Show. Later. Peace. We draft on dudes named Brady. Dudes hit on us, it's crazy. Drinks all around, please save me. In fantasy, we're fucked. Tiny dicks that we talk. You're in luck with box.